Hi, my name is Tycho Miropetic. You're listening to the episode 3 of the CMS podcast, where we discuss ins and outs of CMS systems. If you're a developer, development company, business owner, or their potential client, you need to have enough knowledge to choose the CMS system that best fits your project. And that's why we're here to help. As you probably know, I'm reviewing the Craft CMS next Friday at 1 p.m. UTC live on my YouTube channel. Please make sure to go to my YouTube channel right now and subscribe so that you don't miss any of my CMS reviews in the future. Um, I was very lucky to be approached by the founder of the company behind Craft CMS, Pixel and Tonic, Brandon Kelly. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thanks a lot. So, um, if you want to learn more about the Craft community, the Pixel and Tonic company, and how Craft CMS grew to what it is today, I advise you to listen to the Craft CMS podcast. It's hosted by Andrew Welch and uh, Michael Rowe. Uh, that's how I learned a lot about Craft CMS, especially episode two, uh, where Brandon already discussed, um, well, a bit of Craft CMS history. So um, let's just mention briefly a few, few like key moments. So you basically created Expression Engine uh, plugins before you started uh, your own CMS, right? Correct. Yeah, and uh, what made you to take the leap in in direction of developing your own CMS? That's just something I always wanted to do. Uh, I, uh, I before I uh, ever even knew about Expression Engine, mm -hmm. uh, I was doing a lot of freelancing work, and uh, seemed like everything I was doing, like I, you know, I kind of taught myself PHP and MySQL, doing a bunch of like bespoke. Uh, not kind of management systems, but mm -hmm. but uh, aspects of them. So, like you know, location manager or job application management or mm -hmm. uh, photo gallery management, like all these different things. And you know, I had kind of this this arsenal of scripts that I had been writing and kind of maintaining for different sites and, and using them on new sites and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. and uh, always thought you know it'd be really cool one day if you know I could kind of come up with like a more generic way to do all of these uh so i didn't have to keep doing them one off uh and that's before you know i actually realized there was this was already a thing and it was called content management system mm -hmm. uh and then eventually i discovered expression engine and uh that that was lining up really really well with kind of uh how i felt about you know how it how our cms should work mm -hmm. uh and honestly had not really played with any other CMS before that uh, to a very hard, hard degree because uh, I just, I, you know, I, although at that point I had kind of started to become aware of them, um, the, you know, the options were WordPress and, and uh, Joomla, basically. I, I don't yeah. even remember if I, if I had even heard of Drupal at the time, but, um, but I just could not stand uh, Joomla, and that was kind of the closest thing. WordPress felt too much like a blogging platform, you know, not not yeah. quite. There was just a lot of things that didn't quite line up. Uh, I guess the other thing is there was a, there was movable type as well, but again, that was in my mind kind of just more of a blogging platform, and didn't really didn't really feel quite like what I was what I was going for. Yeah. So, so. did like since Expression Engine is based on. Um, uh, I believe it's coding, um, coding, coding nitro. Nitro. Yeah, uh, did like the decline of popularity of coding nitro do contribute? Did con that contribute to the uh, decision to develop your own CMS that's based on Yi? Um, yeah, coding never had very little to do with it. I I never really cared much, uh, you know, for or against coding nitro. It was mm -hmm. it was fine, but. Uh, no, so so I have a uh, I have a you know kind of a business partner uh, named Brad and uh, and he he was actually the one to begin work on craft mm -hmm. uh, and he like basically the first thing that he did before before writing a line of code was just you know started playing around with all the all the uh, PHP frameworks that seemed seemed viable at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so he played with a lot of different things. Laravel did not exist yet. I guess. Uh, Taylor would have been working on it at that point, but Laravel uh, just didn't exist yet yeah. uh, in a public in a public sense. Um, mm -hmm. So, anyways, he you know he Brad comes from a .NET background, and uh, the guy that right the the main main uh, developer behind Yi is uh, comes from a .NET background. Actually, so does uh, so does Taylor Otwell. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And uh, anyway, so there were a lot of similarities in how Yi works uh, versus how like the .NET framework works. Yeah. And uh, and Brad really really liked that and uh, felt right at home there. Um, so you know, I figured I figured you know he 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 you know no one no one mm-hmm. no one wishes to be working in PHP. I guess like we're kind of at a point where that's maybe not the case. Back then, that was definitely the case. Yeah. Um, you know the the fact that we wrote it in PHP was. Uh, more of a necessity than like a, a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, kind of the, the way that I consult him on that was that, you know, look, write in PHP, but because you have to like choose, choose whatever framework you want, you can be the one to decide that. And, um, so anyways, he found Yi and, 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 uh, we started playing around with that. And, and, uh, and the more that we wrote with it, the more that we got to know it, the, the more we liked it. So, yeah. Speaking of languages and platforms, uh, do you think that perhaps .NET is like the the one that's most widely used in like enterprise level CMS systems? It seems like that. Like uh, like Sitecore, I believe, uses it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I know I know there's probably a couple others, but but I you know I think like I don't know. I just kind of like when I think of .NET, I think of like enterprise application. Um, but I don't know. I, I have no idea what the statistics are on that or anything like that. Yeah. So in the beginning, there were, there was like only two of you and a year ago, um, there was seven, I believe, uh, seven <laughs> of you working in pixel and tonic, uh, what's the current size of your company now? Right now we're actually six. So, uh-huh. we, so we've scaled back just a little bit, uh, and uh, you know, basically, kind of trying, trying, trying a different direction with mm-hmm. the employment and stuff, but uh, not, not uh, because we had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Um, sometimes you try. I mean, it's good to experiment with the company size. That's what I tried with mine, at least, because um, mm-hmm. more people is not always the best choice. It's yeah. I, I guess it has has to be manageable. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of at a point where um, you know, especially when you're small, like like you can't make you can't hire people unless you have a very specific and and hard need for them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and we just kind of you know are kind of focusing on that and making that the the primary metric on when we need to get someone. So if there's a certain mm-hmm. thing, just like we just we're, you know, we're redlining on it. So we just need to get someone else to help out with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And okay. so a year, a year, a little over a year ago, I guess the, the big thing we, we felt like we were going to be redlining on was, was support. Mm-hmm. And so we hired a couple guys, uh, in, in a, uh, hope to kind of help us beef up that, that end of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm going to ask you an interesting question re- regarding the support but a bit later. Um, so, you know, I, while preparing for my live review, I've read through the documentation. I, you know, played with craft CMS. Uh, I, you know, didn't have a chance, sadly, to use it on a, on a project. But I can tell that craft CMS like is like a very well featured CMS system, and um, I, I hope that I'm gonna be able to cover the most of the like the basic features. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, in this uh, talk, I'd like to focus on some of the craft, more advanced features. But before we move on, do you have mm-hmm. like uh, a craft CMS elevator pitch? Uh, uh, I've got stuff. I mean, how, how would you describe craft to, to, you know, uh, a potential user? Yeah, I mean, it depends on where they're coming from, you yeah. know. Uh, but so, well, WordPress runs twenty five percent of the web. So uh, let's say the chances are I'm talking to someone that comes from WordPress. Um, we basically we basically just say like you know WordPress is great uh, for specific types of content. Um, uh, you know, especially if you're doing a simpler site. Um, but where craft comes in is if, if your comp your content needs are growing, your your uh, 
you're finding that your content authors aren't uh, getting as much done as you'd hope, or things are getting a little too convoluted on the back end. Uh, Craft can come in and you know give the developer the tools to really like you know sculpt a really nice management experience for the for the authors and, and content models that actually reflect what types of content need to be managed, as opposed to just kind of something that's hacked together. Um, you know, and so and so it's just it enables you to. Uh, to really to really define uh, the, your content requirements and define mm-hmm. the author experience in a way that uh, the authors just really love. Uh, so yeah, you know, it, that, it basically you know, and, and it's 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 not a very sexy elevator pitch, but but the you know it's you know the people that actually care about the things that I'm talking about like mm-hmm. it, it works. You know, it's like yeah. it's honest. And yeah, that's just, and, that's, and, you that's know, I, I interviewed Matt Stafford uh, last week, and he basically confirmed everything you said. Um, yeah. And I've released that episode yesterday, so if anyone wants to check that out, um, feel free to. And there's one thing that he mentioned. One problem that, in his opinion, no one has solved yet in a CMS world, mm-hmm. and that's like the data migration problem, where yeah. uh, you know uh, a client starts pumping in data uh, on a on a staging version of a, of a site while developers mm-hmm. are are still developing, and then when you need to sync like the new database structure with the content that they've already entered, there's a yeah. problem. Do you have a yeah. solution that you're working on to fix this? Uh, we have a number of solutions that we are hypothesizing about, but that's mm-hmm. about as far as we've gotten so far. Um, actually, it, it has been a relatively hot topic in the office uh, in the past in the past week or two, mm-hmm. um, because we've got you know potential client that that is going to need uh, this is where this is going to become more of a must have as opposed to a nice to have. Yeah. Um, and you know whether whether that actually turns in anything or not uh, in the immediate future. I'm not sure, but uh, it has it has at least kind of like resparked a good discussion about about how to do it. And we've been looking at how other other things do it because it it is a problem that has been solved in the past. Um, mm-hmm. So like one example, like there's actually a couple things for Sitecore. Uh, one of them is called Unicorn, mm-hmm. and we were taking a look at that a little bit. Um, you know, and just kind of getting a getting a feel for for. Uh, you know the way that the way that other people have approached the same problem, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so you know it's it's something we're starting to actually uh, take a little bit more seriously. Not that we, not that we've ever uh, not taken it seriously. Uh, it, we we're affected by this problem as well, you know, because we mm-hmm. run our own couple of craft sites, and mm-hmm. and it's a pain point for sure. Um, but I, I do think it is solvable. I think that it's just kind of a matter of time, and, and us you know prioritizing the development of of a serious mm-hmm. uh, content migration solution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like a part two of a problem. I remember that before migrations and and stuff like that, where you weren't able to sync the database structure in any other way but exporting a a dump. Uh, Right. You know, that was held. Yeah, and people do that still. People do that still. But the the problem is that, you know, if your site has any sort of... uh, you know, live like user generated content or purchase history yeah. or anything like that. Like as soon as you've got anything happening that might be out of your control or out, out of the author's control happening on the live site, then mm-hmm. you just can't do that anymore. You can't, you yeah, can't make a database. You, know, you don't I'm want to really... take the entire site down for five hours or I whatever. Know. I know, but though, you know, I'm not really a fan of bringing in live data to development environment. Yeah. I'd rather have like some seeds set up that, generate like the data that is i guess believable enough to test the mm-hmm. application with you know a yes. tons of data, data like 10 tens of thousands of, of entries and stuff like that than mm-hmm. to bring in like a live user database and then accidentally sending out emails to to the bunch of people you know wondering what's going on yeah. um so so do you have like any out of the box seeding mechanism for craft craft or it's pretty much a developer's choice yeah there's nothing out of the box uh we've written a plugin that we used internally um that seeded like i don't know a million entries or something like that just Mm -hmm. so that we could just that we could you know be testing craft under that sort of uh that sort of content weight but uh you know, I'm not, and I'm actually not sure if there's a off the shelf plugin that yeah, someone's released. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea for a plugin, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, Craft's got the APIs and it's you know got mm-hmm. all the database stuff. And, you know, so it's it's easy enough to get that in there without it being yeah. in the core. Yeah. yeah. So sounds good. 
All right. So, like the main topic that I wanted to discuss today is plugin development. Um, sure. While testing different CMS systems, I've basically found out that more or less the core features are the same, and the main difference lies in in the fact how easy it is to generate a plugin, how easy it is to extend the platform. And, you know, mm. basically, I guess that there are lots of projects that need a custom plugin development. So do you have any, mm. like, number, like, what percentage of craft CMS-based projects actually do need the custom plugin developed? Uh, custom plugin as opposed to using a plugin that is yeah, already like, written? You know, it's, it's uh, a feature that's, like, I guess custom enough yeah. so that you need business, to... Yeah, to, business, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea, real mm -hmm. honestly, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, definitely, definitely often enough that, uh, it's important, you know, for us to, to make sure that it's easy to do when it, when it is needed. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, you know, I, I have no idea though, the actual yeah. breakdown of uh, sites that are running at custom well, plugin. You know, I, I was just wondering, is like knowing how to create craft CMS plugin, something that is a requirement to get started with craft? No, no, not at yeah. all. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if I had to guess, I would say the majority of sites um, are running with uh, with zero custom development, mm -hmm. and uh, and close to the majority of sites probably don't even require a plugin in the, any plugin, let alone uh, one they had write yeah. themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we we get a lot of people that come from uh, the expression engine ecosystem, or at least we used to. Uh, I think at this point. Uh, people that, that were going to come have come, but uh, but we, you know, one of the one of the things that we hear a lot uh, is is how great it is to to be able to build a site that doesn't need any plugins, you yeah. know. And so, yeah. uh, and a lot of that is just due to the fact that we use the Twig templating system uh, mm -hmm. in Craft, and and that gives the developer a lot of flexibility in in their views without uh, without requiring custom plugins for all these different yeah. one off functionalities. Mm -hmm. Uh, which which has helped a lot, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's you know we you know not we we absolutely love plugins and we love plugin developers and we want to do everything we can to promote that kind of thing. But it mm -hmm. is nice at the same time to kind of get that feedback, like you know, like uh, people are just being being so excited about how much they're able to do mm -hmm. just out of the box without without requiring a plugin. Yeah, I know. Okay, so um, speaking about the development process itself, uh, it's. I mean, I guess you've described that in the documentation that it's basically like building a mini app. But mm -hmm. can we compare that to, I don't know, maybe perhaps ye extension development process? Or is there any other parallel that we can, you know, take to kind of uh, people that are not uh, familiar with plugin development can, you know, relate to? Uh I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's just, so, so, uh, what a plugin is, there's such a huge range of, of mm -hmm. uh, functionalities you can build into a plugin. Um, because basically craft, like, you know, is this full CMS system. And, you know, uh, if you kind of think of it as like, you know, initially, like at first, like on the bottom, there's, there's the framework, there's ye, yeah. uh, above that there's, there's all of these content frameworks that we've built into craft that are not feature specific. They're just kind of these, these, this platform mm -hmm. for, for managing content. And there's all these helpers and things like that as well. But then, and then the, on the top layer, there's the actual specific CMS features that we've built in ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, entry management, asset management, user management, category management, you know, all these different types of like things that need mm -hmm. to be in there for, for, to reach that like kind of baseline CMS functionality. Um, and so if you can like, like, a plugin could be as simple as like modifying or slightly enhancing one of those actual features we've developed. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of opportunities to kind of tweak those things, but it could be as crazy as you know adding an entirely new type of thing that could be managed in yeah. the system. Mm -hmm. You're not limited to the types of content that come out of the box. So, so uh, you know, uh, Barrel Strength Design has a plugin called um, Sprout Forms, which adds this whole uh, user-generated form functionality, and those are basically implemented as like a completely new content type mm -hmm. with its own custom fields and its own, you know, all these different things. Uh, and so that's, that's a more relatively advanced plugin. Um, 
and, and kind of demonstrates like how how intense they can be. But at the same time, you know, you could also write a plugin that you know all it does is add a new field type, and, and the field type is a color picker, or it's you know uh, you you uh, you write a plugin that just kind of tweaks uh, you know what 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 content is displayed for existing. Uh, fields and things like that mm-hmm, like on your mm-hmm. entry it's or like, yeah, perhaps just adding like a new dashboard widget or stuff like that yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah totally so so i mean there's just there's so many things you can do and one plugin can do one thing it can do 50 things it could do no things you know it's mm-hmm. it, and uh and a plugin could be introducing its own apis that other plugins could start tapping into mm-hmm. so it's basically you know it's honestly it's whatever you want to do yeah basically uh, extending any part of the system right exactly yeah from from adding completely new uh parts to the system to just modifying existing parts yeah uh so you know it's it's a i don't know what the right analogy is um I, you know i don't i've never done ios development but my i get the impression that this is kind of the way ios development is going with the introduction mm-hmm. of extensions in ios 8 mm-hmm. uh you know where now you know you don't just have to write in a, a complete like you could write a complete application that shows up on your home screen yeah. all that kind of thing and i guess maybe that's i don't even know if that's a requirement or not but but you know you could write this gigantic app where 99% mm-hmm. of the time the user is interacting with your actual application, but then you could also be writing these little extensions that plug in. Mm-hmm. You know, add a share sheet icon. And, you know, all these different little things that kind of poke into different parts of the existing system. Yeah. Feed, uh, functionality. So. Yeah. Sort of like <laughs> overriding a class and class yeah. function and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, are there any good video tutorials on uh, Craft CMS plugin development that you'd recommend? Yeah, so so we have a training partner called Majingo, mm-hmm. and uh, and they've got uh, in addition to uh, the best um, craft uh, general general like craft development uh, tutorial called called Craft Up and Running. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also got a really really good. Uh, plugin development course uh, mm-hmm. by uh, by someone named Ben Crocker, who's a prominent plugin developer in our community, uh, and he's got an amazing Austrian accent. Uh, so it's really fun to watch and listen to him. But uh, yeah, he he did a great job putting together this really nice uh, on, on getting up and running with plugin development and craft. And then he also just recently released uh, what he calls a workbook. Uh, mm-hmm. So craft plugin development workbook, and uh, also released through Majingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and basically it's kind of a supplementary, like, like once you've done the, once you've done kind of the basics in his, in his course, you can then go off and take this workbook and kind of, kind of walks you through building this, this complete plugin yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a very like workbook style approach where, you know, you've got, you know, steps that you need to follow and all this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and we've gotten a lot of feedback that it's a great way, both of these together are a great way to, um, to get up and running with writing plugin development and craft. Nice. So basically, when you learn to to create plugins, there's a plugin marketplace at straightupcraft.com, right? And you can either offer your plugin free or you can sell it, right? Yeah. We there's actually um, there's two prominent uh, plugin marketplaces right now. Straight Up Craft mm-hmm. is one of them. They Straight Up Craft is is the directory for uh, seeing the, the available plugins, so that's it's actually run by a third party, uh, mm-hmm. Barrel Strength Design. But uh, you can go to straightupcraft.com, and there's what it's it's kind of a hybrid site of you know there's uh, there's learning resources, there's a little um, community aspect to it where you can post jobs and you can post about sites you're working on things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but then the main thing that everyone goes there for is the plugin directory. So yeah. every single plugin that's been written or most of them anyways have been submitted to that site and you can go there and you can mm-hmm. uh, browse all that stuff and they did just recently because they wrote uh, because they released their own commercial plugins that they mm-hmm. wanted to start charging for they did recently add a marketplace component to that so you can uh, mm-hmm. set a price if you want to and tie it okay. in with your strike account okay so is there like an alternative or original marketplace yeah, yeah the, the original one that, that people started using is one called craft plus Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's craftpl.us, uh, and so they—that's th- exclusively a plugin store. It's not uh, okay. a directory or anything. Like I'm going to add, add both URLs to show notes. So, um, how how does the the like payment process work? Does like developer receive a portion of sales price? How does yeah, that work? They, 
I don't I can't say for sure, but I think they both have like a 70-30 split with developers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a fair share. Cool. So, uh, the next thing that I wanted to discuss is the the user interface. So, from what I've seen, UI is very nice and very mature. Um, mm-hmm. So, do you have like a specific UI development process that you use when developing new features? Or do you achieve like this level of maturity through version iterations after receiving user feedback or perhaps both? Yeah, it's a mix of both. Uh, we've actually, uh, since uh, the beginning of 2015, we've been working with uh, someone named Benjamin David out of mm-hmm. France who's kind of taken a lead on all UI development. Uh, and so he does he does a lot of work with um, prototyping in, in Envision first mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and Sketch. Um, and uh, and once he's kind of gotten things looking and feeling the way he wants, then he moves on to uh, you know actually coding the coding mm-hmm. the UI out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that this is the guy that has like a bunch of plugins already published for the craft, right? He does. Yeah, he's yeah. got some of uh, some of the most popular ones out there. Actually, he's got this Google Analytics thing and Twitter mm-hmm. thing and all sorts of uh, good like OAuth based plugins. Yeah. Um, so he's not primarily like UI UX developer. He's more of like a, uh, does design plus programming or. Yeah, he's kind of he's he's good at both. Uh, yeah. He's. You know, he's one of those guys that's yeah, just really one of those guys I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that and actually, so, so we hired him because because he had already been doing all these things, and and uh, his Google Analytics plugin uh, was doing some of the most interesting things uh, with crap, like kind of extending crap's UI conventions mm-hmm. and things uh, up that we had seen. So uh, the whole thing kind of started with you know just being inspired by uh, what he was doing, and we had this we had this big dashboard update that mm-hmm. we wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and so I got an uh, email with him and, and said, you know, I'd love to love to get see what you could do if you had access to the repo, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that's kind of how it started. But so he, yeah. since he's in France, I guess that he's working remote. Are you a remote company? Yeah, I mean, a remote We're working company. We're <laughs> half of it. So there's uh-huh. three people that are here in Bend, Oregon, and then there's three people that are. Uh, throughout the world. So uh, Andrus was our first uh, international hire, and he lives mm-hmm. in Latvia, uh, mm-hmm. in Eastern Europe. And and, uh, and then there's uh, Benjamin David is in France. And then we also have recently hired, or a year ago, hired Luke Holder mm-hmm. uh, in Australia. So time zones and stuff like That's that obviously <laughs> works for you, yeah. right? There's there's uh, there's no way to conveniently schedule anything that involves Europe, US, and Australia. So I know most of our clients are US based, so it's always like their early morning or late afternoon for the meetings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so, so for us, like, there's no way to do a meeting with everyone where someone's not up at like three a.m. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Okay, so, so the support question I was going to ask you. Um, Craft CMS has a very strong community and community resources such as Slack Channel, Stack Exchange, QA mm-hmm. site. Smaller companies like tend to grow communities with shared answers. And I guess larger yes. companies tend to sell various support tiers. So what's your take on this? How do you handle support? Uh yeah, we've got we use HelpSpot to manage support, uh, and which is kind of an off the shelf, uh, you know, support customer customer relationship uh, and uh, support solution. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so there's a number of you know support at pixelintelligence.com, support at craftsms.com, support at craftcommerce.com, like all these different things kind of end up tying into the system where we all have access and we can all kind of monitor uh, support requests and respond mm-hmm. to them and assign them and categorize them and all that kind of thing. Uh, and so what we've found is that despite the fact that the community is 10 times bigger than it was a couple of years ago, uh, our support has never grown significantly. It's, it's kind of been disproportionate. And I think, I think a lot of that just comes down to the fact that we've been uh, very proactive about, um, uh, you know, uh, helping people on the mm-hmm. public spaces. Yeah. Uh, so Slack and Stack Exchange and kind of fostering communities there uh, in a way that kind of 
enables other people to help each other out as well. Um, so even though like the overall support load is definitely growing, uh, mm-hmm. it's not happening. It's it's being distributed throughout the entire community as opposed to uh, all falling on our plates. Yeah, which really really helps. Yeah, I I'm I, not really sure, but it seems to me that like those enterprise level CMS systems have sort of walled garden um, Q&A spots where you mm-hmm. cannot access that data and they see an opportunity to sell you support. Uh, yeah. is, is that anywhere close to reality? Um, I think that a lot of people do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that like that's that's a model that's that's uh, that no longer uh, makes any sense. Yeah, you know, know. people, you know, I think like ever since Stack Exchange or uh, Stack Overflow, I guess, um, rose to popularity like we've kind of established okay this you know uh helping people and enabling you know enabling ways for people to help each other uh is the way to go Mm -hmm. and and just don't just make it all available for free yeah you know i I, i'm also for the free model i mean it's it's a way to gain new users and as you said I would say I would say that support like helping each other out is the number one reason why we have a community. Yeah. You know, like uh, I was talking to someone else recently who was asked, you know, kind of kind of envious of the fact that like we'd been able to build this gigantic community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, actually, it was, it was a, a table with uh, Jack McDade from Statomic, uh, and mm-hmm. he I think it was him that uh, uh, mentioned, uh, you know, we we kind of have a major advantage, which is that people need each other uh, in our using our products. Um, yeah. You know, and so and so, like they come together for support first, and then like through that, you know, the the bonds, mm-hmm. the bonds actually, and uh, you know, they become you know friends outside of just helping each other. But like like that's kind of the way that people came together in the first place was they yeah. just needed each other's help. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I also think that I listened to a podcast. Uh, I think it was anything but code with Jack, mm-hmm. um, and he mentioned that. The show host's name escapes me. Um, Ian Lansman. Yeah, Ian. Yeah. So, so basically, the the idea is that if you're not careful with how you develop your community and how you share knowledge, you might might end up in a situation where support is eating all your profits. So, uh, mm. you know, if you uh, let your clients rely only on on your own support, then you might be in trouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think I think that you know, and for the record, I think that there's definitely um, times where it makes sense to to charge for support. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but I think that like the first priority needs to be uh, finding you know, establishing ways for the community to support each other, uh, yeah. and then and then where the where the charging comes in is like is uh, when someone really needs more than that. They need you know they either need a you know SLA agreement where mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know they're guaranteed a response within 24 hours or whatever, um, or they just they just have a you know uh, confidential project they're working on where they just they can't mm-hmm. share mm-hmm. details about it you know and, yeah and, uh, I know so that's that's something that we don't do right now but we're we're um, you know I'm not going to rule it out uh, eventually yeah. we'll probably get into um, you know, actually charging for, for think, private support. Yeah. I think that in one of the, the, the Craft CMS podcast episodes, I've heard that you have something that basically supports little shops that uh, build Craft CMS-based projects. So in a way, if they have problems selling a project, selling a project, so to speak, to a client that's, you know, Craft CMS-based, mm-hmm. then they can come to you for assistance, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a new thing for us. But we've, um, I mean, well, the, the the need has is not new. The need has existed since we started. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe in January, I think it was, we hired we hired Leslie Camacho. Mm-hmm. He's actually the uh, former uh, president and CEO of Ellis Lab, the mm-hmm. company that makes Expression Engine. Yeah. Uh, but he's been running uh, a couple different things. But but in this context, he's been running uh, what we call the partner program, where we're basically starting to work with um, specific specific agencies that do a lot of uh, higher end uh, client uh, mm-hmm. client work, and and uh, we're we're just looking, you know, finding opportunities to to help them uh, use craft in in uh, 
environments where like usually yeah. the go-to is Drupal or, mm-hmm. you know, not even WordPress, but just Drupal and, and custom, you know, or, or even more complicated, you know, site core builds and stuff like that, where, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the clients are usually, uh, pretty large enterprise clients or whatever. And, um, and they're just used to you working with these monolithic, uh, CMSs and even though they don't really need to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, so. Uh, can you just kind of exp- explain the process? How does it work? So if I'm like a craft CMS developer or I mean, leading a, a web development company and I, mm-hmm. I have a potential lead that I might be able to, um, to land the project with. So mm-hmm. I ask you for assistance and what happens next? Yeah. So, so I mean, assistance comes in a number of shapes and forms. Like in some cases it's, it's honestly like all, all they're really looking for is some sort of validation. Mm-hmm. Um, so like being able to call themselves a craft partner helps, mm-hmm. uh, because, because that kind of validates them and makes them, you know, uh, seem, seem more legitimate to their client that they're trying to sell craft to. Mm-hmm. It also helps craft sell, yeah. craft seem more legitimate from the fact that we have partners kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's very organic and we're still trying to figure that out. Um, right. so, you know, there's there's so there's different things that we kind of we've been that have come out of that. Basis, yeah. yeah, there's different things that have come out of it mm-hmm. that uh, and more that will come out of it soon. Uh, one good example is the case studies. Like I don't know if you uh, yeah, read I've any of that. our case studies, uh-huh. but but that's a new thing for us, uh, and it's been done uh, in partnership with with a lot of these agencies that we're working with now. Yeah, um, and it's it's great because it's it's basically like. Uh, you know, using existing projects as, as marketing uh, yeah. and, and as validation for craft. And, and so uh, it kind of helps us um, establish like, yes, craft can be used in like mm-hmm. a situation where you've got thousands of content editors or yes, yeah. craft can be used or, uh, you know, all these, all these mm-hmm. uh, situations where, where uh, maybe the prevailing uh, opinion would be that, that an off the shelf $300 mm-hmm. CMS could, could not possibly be good be good in this scenario yeah uh, yeah um we we have a lots of like marketing agencies agencies that we work with and they just ask for for those um um case studies you know because for them like non-programming with people with no no programming knowledge that's yeah. a way to sell uh a thing you know uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a broad product for them and they don't know how to sell it so they don't know what features to expose to a client and stuff like that so if they have like case study then they can show it to a client and it really makes a sale a lot lots easier for them yeah yeah we've we've gotten a lot of feedback along those lines that this is this is really helping so that's Mm -hmm. that's great we're we're definitely moving like even more in that direction. Yeah. Uh, we want to do more to enable people to share the types of uh, types of projects they're doing yeah. and things like that. So, uh, on that subject, what's your current market position? Is your user base transforming? Is your like average craft CMS based project more complex now than a year ago? I think the average is probably around the same. Uh, one thing, one thing that was really interesting though is we we released Craft Commerce, which is our our e-commerce solution, mm-hmm. uh, back in December uh, of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, with Craft, when we released that, that was we released that in early 2013. Um, there was a long period of time where it was only being used for like personal personal sites, yeah. uh, where people were basically just testing the waters, you know, before mm-hmm. they actually committed to or wanted to recommend it at their agency or recommend it, let alone recommend it to a client kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there was this really, initially there was this really long ramp up period where it was like all personal sites. And then eventually we started getting like personal sites mixed with agency sites, you know, sites for, for the agency, but not mm-hmm. for a client yet. Um, and it took probably about a year, almost a year before, before it seems like that kind of leveled out to like now they're recommending it to their clients as well. And we're starting to see a lot of interesting client work happening mm-hmm, on it. Mm-hmm, yeah. So there was a ramp up period there at this point though, I would say like over the past couple of years, it's, it hasn't changed much. It's, you know, we've, you know, there's always like a certain amount of that going on where people mm-hmm. are getting introduced to the platform, but there's enough of a majority of the community that's been using it for years now that, um, 
that's kind of kind of similar. But mm-hmm. what what's really interesting is when Commerce was released. You know, it's a brand new e-commerce platform. Yeah. Uh, it's every bit as complicated as Craft CMS is, uh, and it's you know built on top of Craft CMS. There's all that complexity as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very big application, uh, all told. And uh, and there's still you know a lot of things we need to do. And you know there's it, it turns out e-commerce is a very very big problem. So uh, mm-hmm. you know we'll be we'll be working on it for years before we get to a point where we feel like it's kind of uh, feature feature stable. Yeah. Uh, so it seemed to me uh, that, like, CraftCMS had all the building blocks to create a craft commerce. So it was probably more complex than that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely so all the content specific features were were handled. So Craft mm-hmm. gave it custom field support, you know, all this, you know, element type support, all these different things, user accounts. Um, but then commerce takes all those concepts and doubles them. Like there's just as many like built in, you know, between taxes and, you know, uh, tax categories and mm-hmm. you know, locations and, and shipping methods and, you know, yeah. all these different, you know, modifiers and coupons, and, you know, all these different kind of things. Like yeah, there's just as many concepts that are, that were introduced by commerce as there are built into craft. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so, so the interesting thing with commerce though is, is, um, we released that on day one. Uh, it was, being used in some amazing client projects. There was like zero, I mean, there was a private beta that happened before, but that was only open to like a hundred people or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, as soon as we released it, like within the first month, we started seeing some amazing websites being built with it. Um, and, and there was, we were expecting the same kind of ramp up here where people were going to like start trying it out on like a small end site or whatever. But mm-hmm. I guess, I guess just because we had kind of established, um, you know, enough of a reputation with craft CMS, yeah. uh, and agencies kind of felt like, you know, okay, they, they know craft and, and commerce was built with enough similar, um, you know, uh, programming approaches and things like that, that mm-hmm. they felt comfortable with it. Um, so, so I guess like people just like kind of felt, felt confident, uh, mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, they, it took a while to get there with craft CMS. Um, and so, yeah, like within, like within actually within, uh, the first, like, 12 hours of commerce being released, <laughs> we had gotten a, uh, an email, uh, saying, saying, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to pitch commerce, uh, for, you know, some, I forget what, some, some big, you know, well-known brand. Yeah. Uh, and, and do you, can you give me a list of existing commerce sites so that I can show them? <laughs> we are like, it, we responded like, it's literally been out like less than 24 hours at this point. You realize that, right? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But I figured maybe you could, have, you know, it's like, it's just crazy. Like how, right yeah. off the, so we had we had a really interesting challenge with that where like we had to do our best to, uh, help, help people in those types of situations when there's just nothing to pull from. Like there's mm-hmm. no, there's, there is no existing site list to pull from, you know, and there's, so we just, you know, we had to take some interesting approaches there yeah. uh, in terms of like actually getting on the phone with clients or, you know, whatever it was to kind of, you know, validate commerce in a way that we, we just normally couldn't, wouldn't have been able to, yeah. um, cause there was just no, there was nothing to pull from yet. Yeah, I mean, that's, so. a, that's a great example where you're using an existing user base that's so happy with your product, product uh, that if you like publish anything that's related to the, the, the first yeah. product that they're using, then, you know, they're all, already sold. So right. a similar thing to, I guess, the Laravel ecosystem <laughs> where, you know, whatever... Uh, Taylor publishes it's already sold. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause you just have such because you know, yeah, you have a com- confidence in, in everything yeah. that he builds and you know, it's going to be quality. Yeah. And it's well learned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's your focus for the upcoming period? Right now, our big focus is getting craft three done. It's, mm-hmm. uh, so, so honestly we're, we're right now, um, we've just basically learned our biggest, uh, you know, lesson the hard way, uh, in terms of like what not to do, um, software development wise, uh, which is, which is that in the beginning of 2015, we spent like four or five months, uh, working on craft three, uh, which was running on, uh, E2 and E2 mm-hmm. is like a complete rewrite of E1. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of similar concepts, but everything is done differently, uh, yeah. slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 
Um, and we love it. It's all really, really, really good uh, in terms of like an evolution of the framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it kind of the ramifications were that we had to rewrite craft. And so we spent, you know, almost half a year uh, just rewriting craft so that yeah. it would run on two and taking the opportunity to do a little bit of refactoring on different things as well. Um, because, you know, the reality is like there's no way a craft two plugin is going to be compatible with craft three without some work. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we figured, you know, double transgression theory, like we're going to break plugins anyways, we might as well take the opportunity to break them a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and plugin developers aren't going to be any more uh, annoyed than they already would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, we did all this work. Uh, and then half a year in, in the 2015, um, we acquired Crap Commerce mm-hmm. and we hired Luke Holder and we uh, got to work on polishing that off at the time we were thinking like eh, it was pretty close it was already in private beta it was pretty close to 1.0 yeah. um so let's just uh let's just finish that off and get that out the door mm-hmm. uh then then we realized you know there are a couple little things that it'd be nice if we could you know update craft and do like a craft 2.5 release at the same time as craft commerce and mm-hmm. and uh and uh you know make it make that release all that much more special you know mm-hmm. um but then basically commerce just took a lot longer to get to 1.0 than we expected. Mm-hmm. And it ended up taking half a year. And uh, and all of that time, we just kept working on craft as well, yeah. uh, working on craft 2.5. And, you know, so by the time that they both were released on December 1st, like the, the scope creep was just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. um, and then we realized, oh, crap, we've got to do all this work on craft 3. You know, we're not going to... Yeah not going to like start craft three over. We put all this work into it, but there's just no way to merge them together mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, that there's, you know, the diffs, you know, in addition to like the files, which being completely rewritten, you know, and all styled differently. Now they're on PSR one and two, yeah. uh, you know, the files have been renamed. There's, uh, classes that, you know, functionality existed in one place in craft two and now exists somewhere else in craft three. Um, so anyways, like we, we've ended up, spending maybe the last three or four months just trying to get craft three back up to speed with craft two mm-hmm. um after all that work on craft two um and i'm still still going through that yeah. um you know so just just uh, just yesterday i got to the point where the control panel would actually load but there's still there's still more bugs there's lots of bugs to fix mm-hmm. and, and actually we, we also released Craft 2.6 during that time. So once we've gotten everything working with Craft 2.5, then we got to continue on to get it up to speed with 2.6 as well. Thankfully, that's a much smaller release, and that'll only take a couple days. But mm-hmm. uh, but anyways, this whole this whole thing has been like this big lesson. Uh, we should should yeah. never should never have two simultaneous branches of Craft with active like major active development going on yeah, with it. Know. You know, it's just, it's just too hard to keep them together. Yeah. Uh, so, so our big focus now is like we just need to get craft three done, mm-hmm. um, which which is you know kind of two parts. Like first we've got to just got to get back up to speed with craft two, uh, and once that's done, we'll release a new dev preview of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's still there's still a lot of uh, additional functionality we wanted to add. We'll have to reevaluate how much of that actually makes it in versus gets pushed back to three point mm-hmm. one or um, up to four or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, just because you know we do really want to get it out you know we really want like right now it's just it's so much a bottleneck on, in mm-hmm. terms of like all these things that we want to be doing with the platform but we know we can't do until craft three is out yeah. um so it's really important that we get that out as soon yeah. as we can I know. Uh, yeah so once so we're hoping to get a beta out we're, we're planning on getting a beta out for, uh, by the end of the year mm-hmm. and then um and then once that comes out you know we want to give give plugin developers a nice carrot to mm-hmm. uh, to actually update their plugins. So we'll probably simultaneously, you know, release the beta, announce the actual release date of, mm-hmm. you know, the general availability of Craft 3, uh, and uh, start working on plugin store. Yeah. And the plan is to launch a plugin store at the same day that on the same day that Craft 3 actually launches. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to require Craft 3 compatibility to be included in that. So, um yeah. So we'll start working on that as like the third step of this of this project before we actually get the thing released mm-hmm. uh, sometime sometime next year. Yeah. So folks, that's the complexity of developing complex system. Uh, you know, it's a it's a problem for 
any system that relies on a different one to uh, function. So Laravel is dependent on on uh, Symfony, so they have to time the the Laravel upgrades and releases uh, with Symfonies. And you know, if yeah. Symfony is late, Laravel is late. Then mm. if you're basing your project on Laravel, then you have the same problem. And there's yeah. this, there's this uh, project. It's called Laravel Shift. It's at laravelshift.com. Mm -hmm. And this guy has ba basically automated like the, the Laravel framework upgrade process. I really oh, yeah. don't know what he does, but for instance, you can go to, from 4.2 to 5.0 for like 17 bucks. And it just upgrades your project without you having to do nothing. So I'm really... And, you, and it updates your code as well? or Yeah, it does. So I'm, I'm not really huh. sure how that works, but I guess that's something that would be good for you to have. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, it, it, if, there's been talk about like finding a way to automate yeah. uh, plugins, uh, plugin updating. Yeah, so. yeah. And I can imagine if you have like 100 uh, craft CMS based websites that all need upgrading to, to newer version that's, you know, either manual work or, or using something like, like this automated system. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, the one silver lining here is that it won't be, there won't be many uh, breaking changes for templates. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Basically, the, the upgrade challenge is going to, the burden is going to fall almost solely on plugin developers. Yeah. There's just like a couple very minor, very quick changes that front end websites will need to make initially. Mm -hmm. uh, and most of them won't need to make those. Uh, it's just there's a couple little edge cases where if you're doing this, then you're going to need, uh, you're gonna need to do this little small thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, most for the most part, it's just like a matter of like get your plugins up to speed. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Okay, Brandon, thank you so much for this conversation. And I hope yeah. to be able to talk to you some more about craft CMS or CMS in general. Yeah. Um, so guys, be sure to watch the Experiencing Series where each Friday at 1 p.m. UDC. I'm taking a different CMS system or related tool for a ride live on YouTube. All of the previous recordings are posted on my YouTube channel, so you can find the link in the show notes and uh, please subscribe. Uh, also, subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. We're at CMS underscore podcast. Follow us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash CMS podcast. Thanks for listening. Until the next episode, take care and bye.